games that it's taken me like say, you know six years to learn. Paying to hop on a plane to go to LA to conferences, to music business conferences to learn. Paying for hotels to stay at the conference. So I, I've invested a lot. And my wife's like, man, like, why are you giving out this good information for free? Welcome to the DIY Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Nico Santana. This is brought to you by DistroKid. Get 7% off your yearly membership plan, distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Nico Santana. All right, welcome everybody to the DIY Artist Podcast. My name is Nico Santana. Uh, As always, we have a special guest, um, but I am excited to share with you guys about not only this this guest of mine, but this friend of mine. You know, we've had uh, music dealings with, if you will, and one of the songs that we've worked on has exploded beyond at least my wildest imagination he actually came out to tampa to perform with me not too long ago so he's a performer he's a singer songwriter he's a licensing guru in my personal opinion i want to give it up my guy terrell burtman thank you so much for joining us on the diy artist podcast season one by the way and uh man i'm i'm, I'm gonna give you the spotlight here in just a moment uh, but first of all, I want to shout out our sponsors, DistroKid, DistroKid for making this series happen. Brother, thank you for, for joining me on this uh, on this episode. Definitely, man. And like I said, thank you for having me, man. This is, this is a pleasure. I know we talked about doing this a while ago, so I'm glad that we were able to make it work out, man. So who am I? That's a, that's a loaded question. So I am, like I said, Terrell Burke. I am a rapper slash songwriter. Uh, was born in Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama to be exact. Raised in Orlando, Florida. Been here majority of my life. Regular, uh, regular childhood, regular kid, you know, uh, youngest of three. A single parent household, so that has its, its, its struggles as well. I was raised in the church, so I was raised in not necessarily a musical household in the sense that in the sense that people in my family played instruments or sang, but we definitely enjoyed good music. Kirk Franklin, The Winans, uh, Whitney Houston, all that was around me uh, as a young uh, child. So I just love music, man. Um, my first. Uh, concert uh live concert ever was i was six years old it was mc hammer mc hammer was headlining his own tour it was heavy d and boys the men were his uh um opening acts and so i still remember that like it was yesterday man it was crazy insane insane live show insane energy and i don't think anybody was doing it like hammer in his prime man so yeah that's that's who i am man i i, I love writing uh i love god um love my wife musically yeah music uh, is is a strong passion of mine, man. We, you and I, had you know, we we built a friendship, uh, but the the friendship started because of music and you know our our mutual friends. I just love. I'm passionate about the the indie artists. I'm passionate about licensing and helping indie artists uh, to monetize on the music. A lot of artists treat this as a hobby, which I, I get, but there's so many opportunities and, and avenues to explore to you know earn some you know income on the side with with licensing and so. I learned about it early, early in my journey, but didn't really start exploring and exploring it until about six years ago. And, and that's a good, good amount of time, man. Six years. I think um, I brought this up before. You know, it, it's it's a grind, but it's also a, a time investment. And I think I think for us, like at least for myself, man, when I got into this thing, I expected one year, two max, I would be on and popping. I would be making the amount of money, maybe not super wealthy, but enough to cover my living expenses and maybe help me to kind of just get my footing to be able to make music a full-time thing. So I appreciate the fact that you not only bring the experience of six plus years doing licensing, but you're also passionate about sharing that with other artists. And by the way, man, I want to give you a huge shout out because you were featured today 
on uh, Song Traders platform on their blog. You had an interview with them, uh, which is awesome, man. You shared a little bit about a particular song of yours that got picked up. Uh, share a little bit about that with uh, with our audience today. Yeah, definitely, man. So um, Song Trader is a great platform for any artist. I, I would encourage um, any any artist to kind of, you know, Google them and see what they're about and if that's a good fit for you. For me, it's a good fit. So the placement, which we have experience in, the placement was a TikTok placement. Uh, a song I did with a friend of mine from Toronto. It got licensed uh, via TikTok video for a brand called uh, Tresemme, which is a beauty brand, shampoo and whatnot. And so, and the song is written from the the, the viewpoint of beauty, embracing who you are. Um, and so, the the vocals weren't used, unfortunately, but 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 the lyrics is, is very uh, encouraging. You know, like a female empowerment type type song. That was a request. It started as a request. Um, from a few years back for uh, an indie film, a documentary to be exact, which is actually on Amazon Prime currently. Um, um, it's called Not Black Enough. So there was a scene that we wrote f that song for that for that film, and it's been licensed a, f a few other times. Uh, Claws, the show Claws on TNT, and now on Song Trader. So yeah, it, just kind of the same setting. I, uh, there was an interview that we recorded a few weeks ago. And they aired it. They said they would give me a heads up when it aired or when they posted it, but I just I got the email and and, and I got a few text messages from you and, and some other friends like, "Yo, man, I, I saw the video." Like, what? And so, yeah, licensing is a journey. This will not probably happen overnight. It probably won't be a year or two years. Fortunately for me, which I'm not the standard. Fortunately, about a year into the journey, I had my first placement. But that year into the journey was unique because I had spent maybe eight years prior writing and practicing and 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 my, my craft and doing a, a lot of events live shows in tampa orlando throughout the whole state and so there was like an eight-year uh precursor of a journey before i got my first placement if you have if you have the drive and the dedication and, and the time which a lot of artists do and, and i know life changes and shifts as we get older get married and start families and whatnot so things aren't i don't have as much time as i once did but i still try to find the time you know that I do have but yeah like um, a lot of artists do have the perseverance they just don't have the 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 tools or, or the or the or the guidelines to kind of go about it that's what that's like I said that's why I'm here I, I think a gift of mine is to kind of point help artists kind of understand the business side of licensing and what what they are bringing to the table and what they are capable of as far as like copyrights and 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 and, and publishing and PROs, BMI, ASCAP, all that stuff. Like I have a, I have a sound understanding of that. I'm not an expert by any means, but I have a, a good enough understanding to kind of guide someone who's newer on the journey or who wants to get started in the journey. I get DMs all the time and I get DMs, emails all the time about like, hey, how do I get started? So I kind of have like a template of an email that because it, it got exhausting to do it over and over again. So I just kind of composed one generic email to kind of point people in the right direction and it's kind of like um i can't guarantee that this will get you a placement but this will this is the right tools to get you started in the right direction so if you watch this video if you watch this interview and you have me on socials uh, tlbert17 on twitter and instagram just shoot me a dm and i'll i'll i'll, I'll shoot you that generic email and it'll definitely be a uh, 
a step in the right direction. Man, I appreciate that so much, man. And I'll definitely link all your socials on okay. here and it'll definitely be laid out. And I'll actually include the link to the Song Trader interview because I want people to get the full story of how that, you know, that song came about and, and the journey of, of getting that placement. Definitely. And you mentioned, you know, a couple things here uh, that I want to extract and kind of just, yeah, you know, further expand. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that you mentioned is that the actual song, going back to the licensing, mm -hmm. the actual song that you... Uh, I got interviewed for it with song trader uh it was only the instrumental right and so um i think i think there's certain expectations that we have as artists whether it be hey man like you know i want to be on the song i, I want to be in the music video i want to be a, a performer or whatever that you you can confine yourself to a certain box and it becomes more about ego honestly i mean i can speak for myself and maybe not for everybody else that, that's watching this but it can become you know, think about ego and how I can either inflate it or get validation uh, from from you know people outside of my 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 little circle or whatever. But I think once you start laying this out like an actual business mm -hmm. and, and and taking the ego part out, mm -hmm. uh, that's when you could see the wide range of opportunities that are out there. Like you mentioned, getting licensing an opportunity maybe not for the entire song, but you know perhaps for the instrumental or even just working on licensing as opposed to being in front of you know, the stage or, or, or the or the camera, or whatever. Mm -hmm. You did that eight years prior, which prepped you to get that licensing within one year. But like you mentioned, man, it was it was eight years worth of preparation. And it's funny because it's I, I, and I had no idea, man, this is all like live reaction right yeah. now, because for me, man, it was the same thing, bro. Like I had uh, so uh, just just for context, um, you know, uh, Terrell and myself, we met through a through a mutual friend, Mpax. Mpax and I met through another mutual friend, um, his name's Hector Dominguez, who just happened to connect on on, uh, on Instagram, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And so it was just kind of like a networking thing. But this happened around 2018, 2019. At that time, I had started music in like 2007, right? Okay. And so this was like almost 10, 11 years into it where I'm running into all sorts of roadblocks. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm starting a family, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I had my, my son came into the picture. I was already married. And, uh, you know, my wife and I were, there was a dissonance there as far as where I should take the music career, yep. where I, I thought, you know, one way she thought another way. And of course, building a family requires a lot of presence, right? Mm -hmm. All that said, man, by the time that I started talking to MPAX about some of this stuff, it seemed to make sense to go the licensing route mm -hmm. and take my personality, my ego out of the equation and then treat this like, okay, I have a talent. I'm not the most talented guy. I'm not the most talented rapper. I'm not the most talented singer, but I have a talent and there's some sort of collaboration flow between myself and MPAX. Let's start working. Let's start getting this stuff, you know, happening. We actually started in Spanish and it wasn't until, um, which I, I'm not as comfortable in Spanish as I am in English. Oh, okay. as tell, but, um, yeah, but, but when we started doing the Spanish stuff, I was outside of my comfort zone. I'm like, let me, let me do this in, in order to kind of just expand my product line, right? Um, and I had done some Spanish stuff in the past. That's the, the direction that I wanted to go anyway. Mm -hmm. So when um, I got approached by Impax to do a track with, with Terrell, man, it was exciting because it was an English track. <laughs> it was like a motivational track. And him and I, both myself and Terrell, you know, he mentioned he grew up in church. I grew up in church. So my mindset was always trying to uplift people, encourage people, inspire people. I just, that, that was just my heart. My heart was for people, right? And... Um, Long story short, man, it, it, it became kind of the most organic song that I had worked on in a long time, specifically with MPAX. And so that being said, man, it's crazy now, full circle. And I know I'm rambling here, no, you're not, you're but 
but but going back to the licensing thing, I had no idea. But a year and a half, maybe a little a little under that, uh, the song that Terrell, myself, and Pax, another friend of ours, uh, who goes by Joshua, Josh Cruz. Yeah, I always get mixed up because he's got the the TXL. TXL is yeah. like his, his yeah, title, but yeah, the government. Right, right, right. Cruz, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we came on. You know, we we came together. We worked on this song, and little did we know, put a little bit of marketing money behind it, which didn't really. I mean, it didn't correlate with the success that we found on TikTok, which that song exploded. And and where are we now with that track, man? Uh, on TikTok, I think we were texting each other the other day. I think we just yeah. hit 200,000 videos. And and it's crazy. And I think stream-wise on Spotify, we just hit 300,000. And when, yeah, because with how the song came about, I don't know if you want to give your, your part. But I, like, I want you to, yeah, I want like, you to talk into So them. in this journey, licensing... And I kind of, I, I not kind of agree with Nico. I agree with Nico. I was always kind of a little older than my than my peers, so there was a lot of, of of overlap with artists in Orlando and Tampa. So this is like the group that KB used to be around before, like the Reach days, and there's a lot of artists. So I was kind of already like thinking long term. You know, um, I was like, man, you know, at, at that time I was. I had my associate's degree, but but I didn't have a bachelor's yet. So I was like, you know, like I have to go, I have to go back and, you know, get my bachelor's. I was thinking about, you know, the future. And so, and, and so from like 2006 to 2009, I was doing a lot locally. I was very active here in the scene locally, you know, the Christian hip hop scene. And then by 2009, man, I don't know what happened, but like I had a plateau. Like I dropped my, I dropped an album in January of that year. And I didn't do any, nothing happened after that. Like, I, I didn't really know about marketing and stuff like that. So I put like hundreds of dollars into the album, recording, mixing, mastering. I dropped the album 09 and boom, I don't know what happened. And then like two years kind of like, like went by and I was just like, this ain't it. I, I have to change my approach because I, I had done enough in the in the, in the the city and, and surrounding areas that I just kind of felt stuck. And so, yeah. That kind of led to licensing back in like a, a few years later. So even that was a gradual journey. But yeah, like Nico said, like you don't. I had to. I had to expand my viewpoint of of success. Is it being signed to a label? Is it being a touring artist? Is it being on the charts? Is it being you know at award shows? No, not necessarily because you can still be like, I know people that, that do very well in this business and licensing. I'm not there yet. Like I still have a nine to five. So this is more of a side hustle. Uh, I know people that do very, very well that they can go to a mall, go to a store. You would never know. You would never know that, that they are who they, who they are. They're not famous. They're, they are, 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 are rich. I, I guess you could say they're, they're rich, but they're not famous. And so I kind of had to change my approach uh, or, or my viewpoint of, of, of what that meant. And licensing kind of helped me. In licensing, the song is bigger than you anyway. So going going back to the, the song that I, that I did with Nico, I got a beat from from, from Impacts and Josh. Uh, this is like the end of 2018. They're like, hey, you know, this is something that we want to do. So I wrote the verses pretty fast. I, I got stuck on the hook. I didn't know what I wanted to do with the hook. Impacts is like, hey, don't worry. I have a boy. You know, I'll I'll send him the beat. He'll he'll finish out the hook. What you sent back was phenomenal. I'm like I'm like this is this is a smash. What well, I, I want to say that I said it's a smash. I mean, this is a really good song. Very very good yeah. song. I probably use the word smash too early, but so Impacts dropped it on his birthday March that year, and then maybe like the song did. Yeah, we we, we did some um, some some marketing 
um, behind it. Didn't really do much. And then like a year later, bro, like the Shazam started to go off. And like, how are people yeah. hearing this song? And Impact started to, to research and it was TikTok. And different brands, major brands were, were using the song that we weren't aware of at the time. And so that that's what really it took off. And then from there, it's been growing like crazy. And licensing especially, you don't know what's going to do well. You just kind of, you kind of got to put your all into each song, you know, tr treat it like it's your last song. And at that time, I was living, um, I was living elsewhere. So I, I was recording in my in my bedroom. Now I have like a separate room for, for a studio. But before, I, like, I just had my mic in the bedroom. I, I was probably, you know, loud and, and the room was not, was not soundproof. This room was not soundproof either, but the room was not soundproof. So I, I didn't think anything of it. And so it's crazy what God did with that track because I had no idea. And so once I started to change my mindset of what that meant, you know, people around me, people that had come up with were getting record deals and people that were around me were going on tours and it wasn't happening to me. And I, and I felt, um, I felt inadequate, but in a sense, I just had to change my my direction. And now, now when when, when I did change my direction, you know, I started to thrive and, and, and started to see some, some some things happening, especially with with the song, you know, that that you and I have, bro. Like that song did things that I could never imagine. Like, and it's and it's still growing. I think probably by next year we might hit, um, you know, a million streams on Spotify, man. And that's just me, and, and that's being generous because. We it's just growing so fast, man, and, and it's all organic. It's, it's this is not bots playing the song. This is real people streaming the song, and you know, so it's, it's just very it's very uh, encouraging, very encouraging to to know that a song that we made to inspire people and encourage people is doing just that, and it and it's it's my most um, streamed song um, ever. It's, it's my it's my most streamed. Shazam song ever like I, I've done a lot of songs in licensing I have about a hundred plus songs out there like you know just like like in the in the atmosphere being, being pitched and all that but that song right there has done a lot for me I, I'm right there with you bro I've been a part of groups I, I you know I, I, I've been doing my Nico Santana thing but before I was Nico Santana I was diverse the Colombian MC bro uh, on a side note man what's funny is uh, I actually sent a mixtape it was a demo tape to reach records back in 2007 I think when I they still it. had I think I yo when they still it. had the yeah. the address where you could submit <laughs> or whatever it, it, and it's funny man how how things kind of come full circle I was introduced to the whole Christian hip-hop community by way of Rayma Soul because I was living in Palm Beach oh, at the time yeah. and, and my friend was really uh was actually friends with uh, with Marty and um and and some of the uh some of the people there but um but yeah man it, it's crazy and, and just building that community i know you mentioned that on song trader but just bringing that on on the interview but just bringing it back to kind of full circle here on this on this podcast mm -hmm. is it's necessary because you there obviously there's going to be a comparison game right like mm -hmm. you came up with with kb who's who's a, doing a phenomenal a recording thing. artist doing phenomenal thing doing f phenomenal things man um you also came up with, and I'm sure you know him, Loso. Loso, yep. Loso was, I, I remember Loso before he even rapped. Like, Loso started to rap around, like, I think he got influenced by everybody because, like, there was, like, there was, like, the Orlando crew and the, and the Tampa yeah, crew. the Tampa crew, and, okay. And, and I'm in Tampa and you're Orlando, okay. And, and I was kind of the bridge because I, I kind of had known both sides. I'm okay, from Orlando, but I kind of met KB and I mean back in, like, 06, like, before, way before Reach, way before HGA, all, all that. And so I kind of was a bridge between, yeah, so, so that album that I dropped in 09, I had KB mm -hmm. open for me. Isn't that funny? I had KB open for me at my album release party, and that's where that's he crazy. met all the all, all my friends and all, all of our 
group of friends just started to hang out like heavily uh, back then. So yeah, I came up with yeah with Loso. Yeah, Loso wasn't even even a rapper back then. Now he's killing it in the battle rap. In the battle rap, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and and Daraj too. Uh, you know Daraj as well. Sounds familiar, man, but I can't say. I, yeah, Daraj I is a, a local. He's a nationally known artist, but he 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 resides here. He was under RMG with a Derek Minor, but now he's independent. And so I remember Daraj was Daraj is uh, uh, a man of, of many trades. So he was taking uh f photos at a show i didn't even know he he was an artist and he was very low-key very not not braggadocious anything and then i think at a show he took the mic and he he killed it i'm like yo that dude is nasty and he's doing this thing too um you know in the licensing realm and so so you know he and i you know chat about that um you know off and on and stuff so yeah man it's so i came up with some great people who did some great things but with comparison because it wasn't happening for me because i not that I felt entitled, but I, I was putting in work. But yeah. if I'm being honest with myself, the quality of my music wasn't what it was. Like, like the quality of my music is way better now. Like, it's more polished. It's more, you know, you know, top, it's more pro. Back then, it was very, very green. Very and the mixing and mastering was not that. And so, yeah. So I can't. In hindsight, I, I get it now. But back then, you know, I'm young. I'm in my mid twenties. You know, I'm, I'm wanting this to happen. And so it just didn't happen for me in, in that regards. But like I said, after I, I shifted my focus, because it's like it was always hard for me to drop projects. Uh, so I, I did like three projects as, a, as an indie artist. I did an EP, an album, and a mixtape. And those projects were all over the place. Because if you, if you know me, I have a lot of influences. I love Sam Cooke, if you see the record. I love Sam Cooke. I love gospel music. I love... Kirk Franklin, but also love r and I love Lecrae. I, so I have a... So my projects were very eclectic, but not in a good way. So what licensing was good because, you know, for, for this request, I can make a hip hop song. For this request, I can make a, a oldie song, which I have made a few oldie songs that kind of have that, that Sam Cooke feel. I made R&B songs. I've like written, like, cause I'm not really a vocalist. I, I can rap, but as far as singing, I, I kind of, I try to work with people who do that a lot better than me. And so, and so with licensing was like that 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 avenue that I needed because I felt like, man, like I'm all over the place as an artist. Like I, I love crunk music, but I love gospel music. I love, you know, soul music. So now I'm able to really fully express all that. Whereas before, because I, I was kind of discouraged that it wasn't happening for me, but it was a blessing in disguise because I, I don't think I, I would have been able to explore that, uh, that, that, that side of me and all my influences with a label or or doing it in, in the way that 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 had a good sound to it back then so i'm glad that it worked out the way you know that it did so and, and now that you're mentioning it man it, it sounds like so for you know just kind of having that flow of thought right now just it sounds like for for an artist who is has a difficult time kind of pinning down their sound that licensing seems to provide an opportunity where you can explore many different ranges you can explore your voice you can obviously you want to be do, doing it professionally but mm -hmm. it kind of like I'm, I'm the same way as you man because i you know i grew up on salsa merengue i grew up on spanish i grew up on spanish rock mm -hmm. and then when i came to the united states and even back in colombia my, my my pops he had a, a boys to men cd in spanish right so i, I grew up kind of like listening to some 80s stuff some r&b and then coming to the states like it was hip-hop heavy not until high school did i get into like you know, kind of church music because I, I, I really just didn't like the church music that I was uh, listening to um, at, at my church, at least. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the bridge was when I first listened to uh, 
Trip Lee was my guy, man. Oh, yeah. I just loved his sound, his his southern swing. Man, he's a legend, man. Trip. Yeah. So legend, so for bro. me, for me, he was the guy, you yeah. know. And then, uh, and then of course, you know, getting acquainted with Lecrae and KB, and well, KB came later, Tadashi, and uh, some of the other guys. But anyways, long story short, man, I, I always felt like. You know, I wanted to do so many different things that I couldn't narrow down mm. one sound. And I think that the the artists that I've seen, and and obviously this is a, a high or a, a over generalization, but for the most part, unless you're Kanye West or maybe an indie minio, for the most part, the artists that do really well do really well because they're they're really good at, at one trick, right? Mm. And Drake said Drake said this about Rick Ross, and he mentioned that. I go to Rick Ross because I know what to expect and he'll deliver the way that I expect Correct. it, right? And so uh, to your point, man, I think that that's one of the things that if if you're self-aware enough to realize as an artist where you can land, if you want to explore a little bit more, cool. Just know that you might alienate, mm-hmm. you know, certain fans or or a label or or whatever unless you're one of the lucky few. Uh maybe maybe licensing is for you. Um, and that's that's something that you know you can explore. And I'm glad you mentioned, man, that you have some resources. I, I'd love for you to get like a like an ebook or like a I don't want to put you on the course game, but like a course game or something where yeah. you can kind of monetize that, but also give people a little bit of a barrier to entry because yeah. this is knowledge that you know I buy books on on music business, like yeah. it, and it and it helps me kind of you know put that little investment in there. So I know that I, hey, I have to read this now. You know, yeah. this is valuable information. What you have to offer is valuable information. Obviously, you're giving a lot of gems here on this podcast, yeah. but I think it's worth sharing, um, you know, to a, to a select audience as well. Of so, course. Um, p- pivoting the conversation a little bit, man. Um, so you mentioned, okay, you you were in Orlando, you did the independent artist thing for some time, and a lot of your peers went on to do great things. They're still doing great things, of course, but they've transitioned into independent artists now. KB is an independent yeah, artist. You're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Lo- I mean, as far as I know, Loso has, has for the most part been an he's independent been in artist. He's in the battle. Yeah, like yeah, like he had a deal, but I think it was like on a with, on an indie label. But he's, uh-huh. but now he's just straight independent. So he's yeah, he's been doing his thing. And Daraj is independent as well too. So yeah, everybody's right. now independent. So, and it sounds like they're doing pretty well for themselves. Why do you think? And 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 this is not just from from them. You know, this small niche, but even people like Russ. Uh, I mean, there's many artists who are now kind of you know driving driving home the point that that perhaps it being an independent artist may be the route to take why do you think that is man i think that's yeah that's that's a great question man because i think for so long the the narrative especially when i was coming up i'm i'm in my my mid-30s so when i was coming up to be to get on was meant to get signed and so i think as time has gone has gone on as technology has advanced like you don't need a label anymore like granted i know there's still a benefit or certain benefits to being signed to a label as far as like marketing and and all the dollars that they put behind you but like nowadays with the internet bro like with the internet and with the so many tools because even when i first heard about licensing in probably 06 07 like the internet the information wasn't as accessible as, as as it is now and so i had to like yeah. search far and wide and i still didn't find everything that, that i wanted to but now you can find a lot of information on the internet. You can kind of like, you can kind of be your own, uh, 
you could be your own business nowadays. And so I think, yeah, I think just the aspect of control, I think a, a lot of artists got discouraged by certain labels um, because, you know, the aspect of control, I, I can't speak for my, my peers. I don't know why they ended up leaving their labels, but, but yeah, I think that's, that's, that, 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 that can be an aspect of not, not wanting to be controlled, having that, that, that final say so. And I think with like with guys like yeah like Russ and like Nipsey you know rest in peace and different artists that have drove that point home like like independence the way to go and we see what they were able to do at that level I mean it's a no brainer like it's, I mean yes it's harder like you need a strong team and you you need resources and so I think just that that freedom and that freedom to to create to release music when you want to release music I think when Lecrae had his joint venture with um was it Columbia Records like he yeah, he had mentioned yeah. that he wasn't able to release music the way uh, at, at, at the time that he wanted when, when whereas when reach was still independent he if he wanted to put a project out tomorrow he could uh, he could and so there's a lot of, 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 of red tape when it comes to being signed on to a major um, but I think yeah I think just in a nutshell man I think independence is the way to go for for the artists that that want to be free that want to experiment you know like I said you, you can experiment freely and not be told by an executive that doesn't get it that you can't do this and so i think there's many pros to being independent man and and i've never i can't speak from on the label side because i've never been signed uh that desire was very strong back in the day i i even for now to do a deal now i don't think i would it would have to make sense for me to do it now because i'm kind of like like you know what I'm saying? like they can't tempt me with placements because I, I i can get my own placement so it, it, would, it would have to be something else that they would be offering that would make sense for me. So, but even then, I don't know if I would do it. So I think indie is the way to go because of the internet and just because of all the tools that are available and you don't need a major and many artists have proven that over and over. Man, you said it, bro. And I know one of the things for me that was kind of a barrier to entry in the beginning was, and I'm not going to mention their name because obviously I, I'm, I'm here sponsored by, by <laughs> this show kid. But when I started putting out music, I just remember having to pay for every time I released a song, every time I released an album, and then there was like this this type of fee and that type of fee, and then don't don't forget the marketing, and then what about the recording, the mixing, the mastering? It just seemed overwhelming where Listen the that. easiest fix mm -hmm. was having, you know, somebody pumping money, in, you know, into, into your venture, whatever, your dream, mm -hmm. and that's, it seemed to be that the easiest way to do that was getting signed, mm -hmm. right? And of course, from outside looking in, it, it seemed, you know, like grass was greener on the other side. Uh, but as the years have gone by and as I've seen artists who I once admired and, and who seem to be like at the top of their game, you know, fall, perhaps not have as much money as they as they showed on the TV. I mean, you know what I mean? And the music videos and all that stuff. And, and even more so, even some of the controversial issues that other artists have faced, like Taylor Swift and not owning her masters and yep. all the all the other pitfalls that come with signing kind of your rights over to a label. Yeah. Obviously, there's pitfalls and and and, and obstacles that you can uh, you know face as a as an independent artist starting your own music business, unless like you said, you want to do it as a hobby. But uh, let's talk a little bit about that, man. Let's let's dive let's dive into into that point because. You know there are opportunities out there and we want to be clear about that you know whether you're putting your music out through DistroKid on spotify apple music whatever whatever and you're getting a couple cents here and there on streaming or you're doing the licensing thing and you get lucky with that one out of 100 songs right yeah. and you get a nice little payment check mm -hmm. like what are some things that an independent artist looking to like remain independent can look into and say like okay 
this is what I have to get established. These are some of the pitfalls I have to look out for. Um, and perhaps this is some, this is kind of like a general roadmap that I should follow. Do you, I mean, do you have anything that, that could potentially help somebody navigating that? Yeah, of course. Even in, in that little guideline of the email that, that I could post, I always say, so it's different to write for like, like an album or a song that you're pushing the radio is different writing for that and for licensing. And, and the reason why it's different, because if, if you're trying to get into licensing, your best bet is to do what's called to write as uh, you know what's called uh, universal lyrics, meaning like don't mention dates, times, uh, places, names. Just be very general, because the more general you you have your lyrics, you increase your chances of placements. Because let's say there's a a scene on the beach, and you know, and there's like a, a, a montage scene on the beach. And your song is just about like, you know, enjoying the sun or enjoying a day at the beach. It's better to like write a lyric, I'm enjoying the day at the beach and saying, oh, I went to Clearwater Beach and I and I had a blast with, with my friends. Well, that scene might not be in Clearwater. There's a, a bunch of beaches in the world. So like if you're writing for, for licensing, try to write universal lyrics, lyrics that can be used anytime, anywhere on any show or movie or commercial. So that's what number one. And there are songs that you might have in your catalog that could fit. There was one song that I had recorded prior to me writing like that that has gotten placed. Um, and so it's it, it can't happen. It's just they use a certain part of the song that was general because the other parts of the song I'm saying names and like I'm saying um, what did I say? Uh, Martin Luther King and I said this and I said that and so they didn't use that part, but the part that was more general they use that because it applied you know you know to that scene and so also if you uh if you are an artist rapper whatever singer if you like lease beats like i would encourage you to buy the rights buy the full rights on the beats because as you know nico you know when we're doing splits and 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 agreements for with these music libraries which i'll explain next like if you're doing a split on the track, if you're or if you're telling uh, a contact in the music industry that's going to help you get your song licensed, that you could sign off on this song, you it's kind of being dishonest if you have a lease because you can't sign off on the song because you don't own the rights. So yes, it can get very expensive to buy exclusive rights to beats. I think it can go anywhere from a few hundred dollars to a few thousand. From what I, you know, from what I hear, it's been a while since I bought beats because I have more partnerships with people where I'm not really paying for beats. Um, they probably will get upset for me saying this, but um, definitely buy exclusive rights if you don't have a, a producer in your camp who who will be like, hey, I won't charge you. Let, let's just keep making music and see what gets placed. I think that's probably the best approach for you both because you you save money. He can also get his music placed. And, and you know and monetize on things so uh what did i say so universal lyrics buy your rights to your beats because you can't sign off on a placement or, or sign off on to a publisher or a library if you don't own those rights own the rights to the beats and so you'll hear me you'll hear the term publisher and music library a lot when talking about licensing because but those terms are really much interchangeable like a publisher or a music library 
is a, a company that uh, you know pitches your music on, on your behalf. So you can approach different people in the business, uh, directors and music supervisors. The music supervisors are, are the key. Like if you watch a movie and, and, and the credits roll, the music supervisor is one that chooses the music to, to place. And so if you go on, let's say LinkedIn or IMDB, you can find email addresses to, to music supervisors in, in, in the industry. Now, it's a gamble because they might not always write back or they might, your thing might end up in your in their spam folder or whatever. So you, it's a gamble. Whereas me, I, I, I take the music library route mainly, but there are three that I'm thinking about now, maybe two or three that I'm thinking about that no, no red tape, any, any artist can go on and, 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 and submit music, uh, to them, they have very high bars. You invest on anything, invest in a good engineer. Like, like have your your mixes super uh, top quality because um, these people are hearing hearing music all day, and the one that isn't good, the one that isn't mixed that well, won't stand out amongst a, a group of a hundred. Because these supervisors are 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 literally going through hundreds of songs a day, and if yours is doesn't make the cut, if yours is not on the same level as a major artist who they, they 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 license the major artist songs just as just as much as the indie artist, but it might not be in that same boat because your your mix is not there, and so those those three things are very important. I think they're practical, and then so yeah, like after you have those things in place, you want to start exploring the platforms. If you don't want to, like I said, do the the hard route of going on uh, IMDb. Or you know those those platforms to, to seek out the, the supervisor, but there those are are three steps that are practical and you could apply you know you know tomorrow. Gems, these are crucial, man. And you know one thing, uh, I think I think you got your MBA right from St. Leo University. I did, yeah. So I'm not oh, Catholic, guy. but I think I'm grafted in. You know what I mean? Because my education <laughs> is from a Catholic institution. So you know? hey, <laughs> yeah, we both man, we we both got that MBA, and and, and one thing that I learned. And I knew this prior and obviously it kind of just cemented with, with getting my MBA and kind of like learning more about business yeah. and finance and that sort of thing. I think it helped me establish, you know, that thought, that same thought pattern to music business mm -hmm. and then also studying other businesses and the inner workings of like, I've mentioned this before, tech startups and even working for a Fortune 100 company and seeing the inner workings of that. All of that has helped me realize like, wow, man, like. I, I just had the tip of the iceberg when I came into this music mm. thing. And unfortunately, man, you know, it, it's it's mostly a lot of Latinos and a lot of uh, y young black men and women who enter into this, who don't have as many resources or are, are particularly like not educated in the business realm mm -hmm. uh, or don't, don't have a formal education. And then you add the music business side, which is has its complexities, layers. It's ever changing. It's very mercurial. Mm -hmm. From licensing to, I mean, streaming has has changed the game so much. Mm -hmm. So, so, so the stuff that that you're talking about right now is, is is practical. It's very helpful, and it's something that you could start implementing with how you approach your music business. Now, if you're, if again, if you're trying to make this about your ego, if you're trying to make this a hobby, like this probably won't apply. But it, it takes some years, man, of of just trying and mm -hmm. trying and trying and realizing that, like, yo, I got to get my business together. Uh, and if, if somebody else does it for you, then chances are they're probably going to take advantage of mm -hmm. you, which is what a lot of, you know, former, formerly signed artists have, have kind of 
said, you know, yeah. and even in that same vein, man, I think it's important just to have conversations with, with your network and, mm -hmm. and the peers around you and, and, and lay expectations outright, not letting your ego get in the way of, of those expectations as well. I mean, I've failed many times and I've made mistakes, but I think the important part, like Terrell mentioned, is is having those business connections, both from the production side of the house to music libraries and making sure that you're navigating in a very professional way mm -hmm. and that those expectations are laid out well. So, I, you know, to, to add on to the practical steps that you mentioned, Terrell, I think that uh, having being being a good uh, uh, this is not the right word some, somebody that reads well, right? <laughs> Read through contracts, yes. learn to understand yes. the legal language, uh, look up definitions. If you don't know the answer to something, ask somebody. You know what I mean? Like tap into your network, and maybe you'll have to put a little bit more of an investment into some legal advice as well, man. Yeah. Like I, I went shy away from that especially if you're trying to make it a business, just because it's a low barrier to entry doesn't not necessarily mean that you're not going to spend money, not just on equipment or whatever it is, but um, you mentioned a couple hundred, a, a thousand bucks for exclusive rights. Okay, what about legal fees? What about yeah. accounting fees once you start making that money, right? Yeah. What about you know your copyrights and this and that and the third? So it's stuff to think about. It can be overwhelming, but the biggest thing is, is as far as I've seen, and I'm nowhere near as successful as this man is with licensing <laughs> is is just taking it a day at a time man yeah. and you might have to take a step back i know i did you know I, I've, I've had to take a step back and kind of just realign and yep. say what's working for me in my business mm -hmm. and as much as i love music as much as i love creating music i had to take that step back and say well for me right now my media company is more profitable mm -hmm. so I, i'm going to focus a little bit more of my energy on that but now i get to marry the two and i get to have great discussions um, you know, with Terrell, with other artists that we've had featured on the podcast, and I can kind of, you know, shed light on these topics. So, so great conversation, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate you sharing all that stuff. And, and this is a game that has taken me, like I said, five plus years, you know, six years to learn. It's taking me, you know, paying for uh, to hop on a plane and go to LA to conferences, to music business conferences to learn, paying for hotels to stay at the conference. So I, I've invested a lot in that regard. And I'm just like, and my wife's like, man, like, why are you giving out this good information for free when you took the time to pay for it and learn? And so that came, that kind of came from, so I've always been passionate about the, the, the business of music. So there was a, an elective class that I needed um, for, for my associates. It was the music industry. I was like, I can't believe they offered this class at, at Valencia Community College. I took it. I ate it up. I it was a small class. It was maybe like maybe maybe eight of us, and I'm I picked my teacher's brain. He probably got got, got tired of me because he was in a band. So he's like he played live shows and he that was when I first heard, like heard about licensing. He was talking about oh yeah my band's song was was placed in real world on MTV and we've made like ten grand in royalties. I'm like wait what? But you're not famous though. So I'm asking him questions. So that was like my first spark into licensing, and I was asking him, but he didn't really know much about it because like the band, the band leader was the one that kind of coordinated that deal. So he was just you know getting his checks you know every quarter. So he's like, I don't, I, hey, you know, and so that was, that was the first spark. But yeah, the business of music was how I the passion kind of stemmed from there. So because I was so uh, inquisitive, I was asking everybody in the industry at that time about business stuff. So uh, Flavor Fest is the annual business conference that, that, we, that they have every year in Tampa. And it's, it, I've been super encouraged by the, the conference over the years and very edified. That's when, you know, I, 
I think I've, I've met different artists there and whatnot and, you know, bought different albums and stuff. So I think each year at Flavor Fest, and this is not a knock against them, but each year at Flavor Fest, they, I think they would have like a, a, a workshop or a class on business, on, on the music business. But I felt like it was always like, like they, they could have gone a little deeper. I was the one to like ask questions like to the people on the panels, like after the, the workshop. Cause I felt like maybe after the workshop, they, they give me like the, like the game, you know, that they couldn't give in public. And so I'm asking people, there was a remark you made about, uh, 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 about publishing, you know, like, 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 how do I go about that as an independent artist? Or you, you, you made a comment about this and you know, how, how do I explore that? And even back then, or so Orlando, you remember the group, a group one crew? Oh yeah. 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 So like, they're from here, they're, they're from Orlando. And so yeah. you, you, you've put out, uh, obviously you've done your, your fair share of research. You've paid for information in the sense of you've gone to conferences, you've, you booked your hotels, you've, you've done all that stuff. So, so I would encourage any independent artist to continue and have that hunger, that drive, that pursuit. If this is really what you're passionate about and trying to make it, and you have the flexibility, cause mind you, like. I have a mortgage, I have a family, I have three kids that I have to take care of. So I have to have a little bit more stability in my life Correct. where I don't have that type of flexibility and I have to steward, uh, you know, the, the things that have been given to me by God mm -hmm. appropriately. So I have to make sure that that's taken care of first. And then from there, I can pursue my, my passions or whatever. But all that said, uh, if that, if those two things align and you're in, you know, you're in the path where, Hey man, this makes sense for me. I love his ambition because he shows that the determination even even when you weren't getting those straight answers your determination was there to continue searching and, and continue seeking and, and the hunger and the drive was there and it's it, it's been paying off and i can guarantee you it'll continue to pay off just given your, your track record already but that said i think i think this is an opportunity and even just having this conversation you know via via podcast can help an independent artist also say well look i got i got one stream of revenue here where i'm making money through my spotify or mm -hmm through my Apple Music or my DistroKid, that's one stream of revenue. I got another stream of revenue where I've set up my licensing, I got all my stuff taken care of, whatever. Okay, yeah. good. I have a third stream of, of income where now I'm, I'm coaching, I'm mentoring, I'm, you know, we use this, this term in, 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 in church, I'm discipling other people, but obviously in the business side of the house, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And so, and so we're, we're pouring into other artists, but there's, there's gotta be a give and take in the business world, of Correct. course, we know that it doesn't Correct. necessarily always apply to every single relationship, but in the business world, you, you apply that. So I want to serve people like the, the music industry, even on the Christian side or people that are Christian in the industry, it, it can be cutthroat because a lot, a lot of people, I think from what I, from what I observed in my time in Christian hip hop or from, you know, as a fan or whatever observer, like a lot of people don't share information because they think that you're going to take their spot. And right. so what I've learned in licensing, like there's a thousand spots. Like we could all have a spot. Like, like I have friends doing their, who are killing it in, in, in Toronto and, and, and different states. And we have different lanes, different sounds because there's different needs of different types of music. And so I've never felt threatened by anybody. Like I've never felt like, you know, like I can't give him the information because he'll, He'll, you know, surpass me. And I've given people information and they have gone to do crazy things. Like, like, like they, they, they make more than me, honestly, because they just, you know, God has, a, has opened that door, you know, um, you know, um, for, for, for them to do very, very well in that area. And so, yeah. And I think that's a validation of the information that you have 
obviously works. The stuff that you that you're on obviously works. And and I, I watched a video a while back. It was actually one of one of my other producer friends who I'm gonna um, have on the podcast okay. soon. His name's Ivan Calderon. He's a independent uh, producer. I mean, full time, right? Oh no. And he mentioned that the concept of of luck or or we would call blessing or or kind of just god's hand right and and so we do our part and and sometimes especially if we see success we overestimate how much of a of a hand we had in that success being played out without taking into consideration even small factors like i was born in north america or south america i had you know these parents that raised me in this way blah 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 so for all these things to happen right and and there's just a mountain full of things to happen and to align a lot of them are outside of our control and so i think that you know sometimes we get discouraged when we see that hey i'm applying the same things like you and i we put out mixtapes Lil Wayne put out mixtapes. How come he has success and we don't? Okay, you know, I, I'm doing the licensing thing. I've done 100 songs with Impact. So, you, you know, you've done 100 a, a songs with somebody else. How come How come they're on and I'm not? You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes sometimes it's just right place, right time. Yeah. Your sound fits the market. You know, you've done uh, your due diligence perhaps, or maybe you haven't. And, and kind of like some of the artists that you pointed out, they didn't really know how they their music landed on that TV show or that TV show. Maybe it was just happenstance and they were just at the right place at the right yeah. time or they knew somebody that knew more than them. But if you come equipped and I think you can increase your probability of, of, of striking gold and also kind of refining your niche. And like you said, man, there's, there's, there's plentiful. And, and, and it goes to show that there, there's money to be made in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's when I get a little frustrated when artists or producers or anybody for that matter starts to nitpick at the at the dollar amounts, starts to get greedy or starts to pull back and say, no, I'm only offering you this now or this and that. I, I think if we are generous, like you said, bro, like with our time, I think God not not or in our, in our treasure or whatever it is, I think God will bless that, number one. But number two, now you've put yourself in a position where hands down, you're always going to be the quote unquote good guy and so when people come to you like they know that they could trust you for mm-hmm. advice and and maybe the opportunity is there for us to this is why i created the diy podcast right to have these conversations live to have these you know these, these this dialogue this yeah. exchange between two artists yeah. where we're kind of hashing out some of the details yeah, and not just you know <laughs> uh, like an open format mm-hmm. right um to have this stuff be put out in the open publicly in fact i actually invest money into getting this stuff in front of people like I run marketing campaigns just to get this stuff in front of people so I'm I'm essentially losing money of course DistroKid has been kind to sponsor this so there's obviously a benefit in there for me but I'm putting more money into it so that I can get more people out you know exposed to this information that I didn't know and I wish I would have known when I first started but I think the opportunity for you bro and, and, and maybe this is an opportunity for every other artist is just to see what you're passionate about what you're really good at and then see how you can monetize that, even just a little bit, 1%. Um, the tech world is really good about this. Help 1 billion people become a billionaire, right? That means you're only charging $1 per person. Um, mm. And I think that the tech industry obviously has been disruptive and innovative because they think in terms of surplus, bountiful, there's opportunity. There's kind of like an optimistic feel. And of course, we have to be realists as well, right? Mm. But uh, especially with the music industry, man, um, you have to be a realist. But there is opportunity don't get so stuck on 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 your own thing and and, and hoard it all to yourself yep. so man i i want to i want to be mindful and respectful of your time bro and not only that but i also want to have you come on for season two uh district kid has 
agreed to have a second season hey, of the DIY podcast. Up, so I'm excited about that, man. And I want to have more conversation. Thank you, bro. I want to have more conversations like this and open the opportunity for myself and, and, and Terrell or anybody that I've had on the podcast to create kind of like this infrastructure where we are we are essentially what I enjoy at, at my Fortune 100 company is I can tap on the shoulder of a senior this, senior that, vice president this, vice president that, and ask them questions, and they're openly willing to share the information. And while we can't do that for a million people, we can put this online on YouTube, yeah. put marketing dollars behind it, and have this you know this be readily accessible to, I mean, however many billion people there are on YouTube yeah. <laughs> and other platforms. And and that's my goal, man. So, um, yeah, man. So uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and kind of segue to, to to a little bit of an ending here, but. Before I do, bro, I just want to ask you, like, what are you what are you looking forward to in the near future? What gives you hope for the for the near future, specific to your music business and even outside of the music business that you're in right now? What gives you hope uh, for tomorrow? Oh, man, that's a lot of questions. So that's a great question. Yeah. So I, I don't want to sound like. Like cliche, but we know the last year and a half, two years with COVID has been crazy and even, you know, different things that have occurred in the media. And so it's been a very interesting time here in America. Very, very interesting time, um, culturally, socially, uh, you know, politically even. And so honestly, God, God and his wisdom is my only hope, man. Cause it's like, I feel like even let's go back, you know, to January last year, you know, like we didn't, foresee COVID doing this like we knew that there was something happening and you know but we didn't know it was gonna do this so it was like the future is so uncertain man like what do you invest in do you do you invest in this or like you know because then you know this might go up in value this might go down so there's a lot of anxiety that surrounds the future and worry and there's 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 wisdom to being you know keen to what could happen in the future but I feel like where with where we are now as a culture and society there's a lot of fear-based stuff going on and so god's my only hope man like I, I try to really um i try to really you know keep him um at the center of all that i do um i'm i don't do it well you know i'm i'm a fallen man i i i i'm, I'm not perfect uh, but i i want to keep i try to keep him at the center of everything because i feel like he's the only stable um, he's only, he's the only stable being in the midst of chaos. I feel like we've just we're in the midst of chaos, where you know whether whether it's COVID or anything or something going on like that. You know, gas prices are crazy, and so God is definitely my hope for tomorrow, man. And so in 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 that hope, um, the hopeful the hopefulness in music, you know, kind of bleeds out of that. And so I definitely I, I haven't made much music this year, but I've definitely had a lot of older songs placed i look forward to you know re like really starting to grind again you know um you know uh, come the new year i've been exploring other opportunities i want to give it all the way but i've been trying to, to break into the the asian market you know k-pop j-pop as a writer korea is killing the entertainment field and i think there's opportunity there like as you mentioned there's opportunity there even in, in their industry of music as well because i feel like even as artists like even when i had to broaden my horizon for you know like um you know what it meant to be you know you know you know a success i kind of have to now i'm broadening it to beyond america like is it is it only opportunity in america but like you so i'm i'm, I'm learning about korea and, and their whole industry and and you know the roi 
like the ROI for a song to get placed in Korea at like as an artist is light years more than a song that can get licensed. I, I'll still do, do do licensing, but I'm, maybe I'm just trying to evolve and grow more into that. So I've been exploring that, which we have to to work on something because I think yes, you, sir. I think your your writing and your sound would do well uh, over there. And so, um, yeah, man. So that's kind of I'm hopeful for 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 the future because of God, and hopeful for to grow and evolve as a writer and, and try to explore some more opportunities outside the states and just see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely encouraged by you, man. And I want to get a, give a huge shout out for what it's worth to Mpax who who connected us. Yeah. He's been a yeah. a brother to me, man. He's encouraged me in, in times of trial as well. And he's also somebody who came up in the faith. I'm definitely encouraged by Joshua Cruz, man, yeah. and his grind and, and his connections and his talent, bro. It's it's, yeah. it's awesome, man. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where where life takes him and where God takes him in his music journey, man. So I love I love seeing stories unfold, man, right in front of me. And so yeah. I'm encouraged by that, bro. Same here, so. man. Cool, man. Well, I want to wrap this up, man. If you guys have enjoyed any portion of this podcast, first of all, if you've made it to the end, congratulations. <laughs> you didn't play yourself. Uh, unlike DJ Khaled would say you didn't play yourself because this is a lot of great information that hopefully you can apply to your music business to your life to your personal life in your career wherever you are whether you're a music uh, musical artist in the in the music industry or not I think this is information that you can apply to a certain degree to any creative services industry because there's licensing available there for photographers videographers so on and so forth so there's there's opportunity there but also you know just just to be encouraged that these conversations need to happen a little bit more often online and offline and if you have a community plug into that plug into you know your friends circles i know that obviously pandemic has kind of distanced us and 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 for for for, for the right reasons but also i think it's important to have that network and that opportunity to, to commune and be and, and be part of a, a, of a of a community of music entrepreneurs or music business people that can help encourage you in your journey so if you found value please consider subscribing uh, you drop any questions that you have below on the comment section feel free to reach out uh, to Terrell definitely on his Instagram I'll link it here as well um, and yeah man huge shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring Distro this Kid. podcast I use them too I was uh, saying that but I, I use them <laughs> yes yes and and of course you know feel free to follow me and us on Instagram at nicosantana.co and again of course I'll link all the information below uh, but that's it for now you guys thank you so much uh, until next episode Throughout my brother, thank you for joining me on this episode. Let's get it, man. Thank you all for watching. Yeah.